The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello? Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by the good folks at WinBet. Jeff Erickson here, uh, and I got a special uh, podcast this time. We did the uh, first annual SCARF draft, uh, which uh, occurred uh, on Sunday. It's a series of regional drafts uh, inspired by uh, BARF, which was the uh, first of the uh, uh, first of these uh, Bay Area one, uh, Justin Mason, Eno Saris, the late Laura Michaels was one of the founders of this one here fun fun uh, uh activity there so uh we did the southern california version of it uh this sunday and uh happy to talk about that uh we're gonna have filter in a bunch of people f- through the league we'll show you the draft grid we'll go over uh some of the things that have affected our teams and also the latest breaking news because there's all sorts of kind of crazy stuff here we'll start off with actually a, a breaking news item first but before i do that introducing our two guests right now i've got uh i've got seth klein and i've got sam Worshing uh joining us here Seth, Sam, welcome. Mm-hmm. How are you guys doing? Glad to be here. Good. Uh, I, I want to start off, uh, Seth, first of all, where do you write? Where can people find your work? <laughs> uh, you cannot find my work anymore, unfortunately. I am a retired okay. writer, but you can follow me on Twitter at Seth Sportsman, S-E-T-H-D-A-S-P-O-R-T-S-M-A-N. Uh, there might be some archives of my old writing uh, at some old sites, but I just love baseball and sports and love chatting about it and Okay. And playing a lot. So it was a trick question. Uh, sorry about that. That's yeah, right. This is why, you know, I'm, this is why I'm a recovering attorney and not an actual attorney. One of the things they teach you in uh, law school is, you know, when you got the witness on the stand, always know the answer to the question you're about to ask. You know, don't get any <laughs> surprise, surprise answers there. So uh, this is why I, I would be a failed lawyer. Um, but Sam, uh, welcome. Welcome back. Sam, who, where can we find your work? Uh, I'm located on Twitter at sam fbb1 okay cool and uh, i do and do you do uh are you doing i know you said you you're into uh if i recall you told me at the draft first of all i know you're a mariners guy uh, you're back up in the seattle era area and you've been doing a lot of uh dynasty leagues if i'm right uh, uh, did i get that right do i remember correctly yeah i was gonna say i also do some writing for the dynasty guru and i've okay. been playing dynasty for the last almost 20 years so Fantastic. Uh, so uh, it's different doing a little bit of a redraft, uh, a 15-team snake draft for you then. A little bit of a different experience. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it was 
uh, almost none of my drives uh, drafts are live. And so it was really nice to be in a room with people. Yeah, absolutely. And that that we could even be in a room with people was nice after the last few years, too. Uh, But live drafts rule. Uh, And that's why I did this league uh, is because I wanted to meet people. You know, it's always name to face uh, to get that. You you, you hang out with some people and you almost always next time you see them online, you might be a little less combative uh, if if you happen to be combative in the first place. Uh, And you just it's a greater understanding. So I, I always prefer the live drafts. Uh, Freddie Freeman signed with the Dodgers last night. Big signing there. What does that do to his value? Seth, what, what's your take on that? I think his value stays about the same. I mean, obviously the Dodgers lineup on paper is slightly better than the Braves, but he's sitting in the middle of the order. I don't think his number is going to change a whole lot. He's going to hit for a high average, 30 plus home runs, probably 90, hundred, maybe a few more RBIs than he, he had in Atlanta, but mm-hmm. It's a great lineup, and and I think it's more about the guys around him that will uh, benefit a little bit more. Sam, any take on this uh, Freeman signing from you? Oh, I absolutely agree with what Seth had to say about it. Uh, I just think that he's going to be a real elite first baseman for the next three to five years, as long as his health holds up. I'm real excited for his landing spot. Yeah. His landing spot in Scarf was on my team. Uh, I got him in the second round. I'm team six. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I started off Cole and Freeman, so I don't have a lot of steals to begin with, but I wanted him to land in a good spot. And I kind of figured there wasn't going to be a non-contending team going for him. Unlike the next guy we're going to talk about, which was a real windfall for who, uh, his drafter, and that's Chris Bryant. Uh, Chris Bryant signing with the Rockies. Guys, what are the Rockies doing? Uh, paying money for Nolan Arenado to be somewhere else and bringing in his equivalent. Who knows? Yeah. It, yeah, I don't go ahead. I yeah, I, I don't I don't really understand. I mean, I understand why they brought him in. Obviously, the the years, seven years uh, is a lot. Uh, but um, like uh, Sam said, going back to the move they made with Arenado, uh, Arenado's a better player than, than Chris Bryant, and then they're paying the money on top, and all they got was Austin uh, Gom- Gomber, I think, right? So and he's hurt. So it kind of just maybe trying to fix what they a mistake they realize they made. I, I'm not really sure what they're doing there. Appeasing a fan base more than likely. Uh, but it, it doesn't make any sense from, you know, making better moves to have that team compete in a couple of years. I don't think Chris Bryant makes that team competitive, especially in the division they're in. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's that's that's the thing that's crazy. I mean, this whole lockout we're talking about teams not trying and complaining about that as as a Reds fan, I was complaining about that, especially after the lockout when they started pairing people off. So I can't complain when a team is spending money. So you can't have it both ways. Uh, we also are joined by uh, Kev Mousterajan. Uh, you can follow him on at Twitter on Twitter at Roto Surgeon. He's doing a lot of work for Fox now. Uh, Kev, welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm doing great. I'm actually there right now. All right, fantastic. I like it. Podcasting from work. Very cool. Uh, let's start look, going through some of these teams, uh, taking a look at uh, what everybody did in their draft. Uh, we'll start with Seth. You were right next to me, Seth. Uh, you were drafting seventh. I was drafting sixth in this draft. Uh, let's take a look and, and, and take a look at quickly at what you've done. Uh, you went Corbin Burns. You went three pitchers to start. Burns, Hater. I was uh, – I'm, I'm the other way. I'm five. Oh, you're before me. I'm so sorry. I defamed you. Uh, you went <laughs> Bo Bichette uh, and then Starling Marte to start. You actually, you bummed me out. I, I mean, it was common for Bichette to go five. Uh, 
But at the same token, I was like, eh, maybe he'll get to me, and then I, I won't feel like compelled to take Cole. I, I didn't want to go another Vlad build. I've had a couple of leagues with Vlad so far, and it, I don't mind it, but it's it's always scrambling. Uh, was Bichette your target all along, or were you hoping one of the other four would fall to you? I mean, I would have preferred, probably slightly preferred Ramirez or Soto, but um, I can't complain. I think Bichette and Ramirez are pretty similar. Uh, a little more power for Ramirez, better batting average for Bichette. Obviously, Soto is, does nothing wrong. But, uh, yeah, I like their um, – I, I was interested in Acuna. He was he, – I was going over him, and, and literally right when I was looking, I saw the update that he might not be uh, ready till May, maybe May, which you know, worries me. Um, so couldn't take that risk. Bichette's a five-tool guy and uh, – or five-cat guy, and I uh, – so that's, that's, that's what I settled on. Yeah. Uh, if you're drafting it again today, now knowing that Acuna is not going to play the outfield outfield until uh, late May, uh, how far does he drop down your board? Um, not as far as uh, Tatis, but I, I would say uh, late May. Who knows? It could be longer. I'd say like third round for me. Yeah. Guys, you want to weigh in on Acuna? I mean, I'll just say he should have been going second, third in that fringe the entire time. We knew someone coming off an ACL was going to have some sort of limitation. It wasn't going to be a perfect, you know, plug and play week one opening day. But yeah, I mean, if you took him, you took him. He's still Ronald Acuna. I bet they'll let him run somewhat, but it's a very risky pick no matter where you take him just because, you know, it's a player off his ACL and there's been research done on the base leg, the, his right leg necessarily. When the ACL is torn, your batting average is affected more so than when it is your front leg when you're hitting. So yeah, Acuna is just a risky pick. I, I think third round is fine. If you're taking him there now, I'm, I'm pretty much out overall. And Tatis, as you mentioned, you, I don't know how you draft him in a league at this point, if he's not going to be available until like what the all-star break after the all-star break. Yeah, I agree with that, Kev, completely. Yeah. Yeah, and we saw some of, like, the NFBC drafts that in, the, in the days immediately after the news on you know came out on Monday, you know, 12 hours after our draft on Tatis. And that's one of the things the lockout did to us is, you know, we would have known about this in, in, in the middle of March normally, but because of the late uh, start to spring training, the total lack of communication between players and teams, we didn't know about it until now. And that's just brutal uh, when you get the second overall pick and he's, you know, he's going to be out three months. I saw him go in the third round in some drafts. I just don't get that. I, I, I understand you're not taking a zero there. You get replacement value, but man, that's, it's way too optimistic for him. I think. Yeah. Yep. I mean, where would you guys take him at least? Like I, I said out of the top 100, but that's even like, I would avoid him. Nothing. It, completely. It, it, well, it would have to be, like you said, 8, 10, somewhere in that range where you just can't believe that he's still on the board. You know, I, I could I could see doing that because two two months of a, of a healthy uh, Acuna or Tatis, and this is for both of them, that I just, it, the, the cost would have to be so low compared to what we really think about them. So not, yeah. not top 100, un, after the 100. Yeah, if he's falling to like if he's falling down to that area where you've got Benintendi, uh, Colton Wong, you know, like that area where okay, like one of those guys, their stats for 
two, two and a half months aren't going to be tremendous. That's where I'd kind of say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stash this guy for a few months. Um, it really depends. I mean, obviously in, in NFBC, it's, it's harder, but if you are in like a home league that maybe has uh, seven or eight bench, spots, like the more bench spots, or if you even have an IL spot, obviously an IL yep. spot makes him way more valuable. Yep. Uh, but, and, and, you know, and he's shown that he will rush back from an injury to play, uh, not that that's necessarily a good thing, but, you know, gets you stats quicker if, if he can stay healthy the rest of the season from that point on. So there's a point where uh, some of these guys just don't have the upside. I'd take three, four months from Tatis than I would probably six months from, uh, you know, someone like, uh, I'm looking here, like, like Gurriel Jr. or, you know, I don't know. Somewhere in that range, you know. Well, let's so. do with the, with another shortstop. Uh, Glaber Torres, Kev, you you took him at nine fifteen. Glaber Torres or Tatis, knowing what you know now. Glaber Torres, think about it. He still has the shoulder. It's not even just the wrist, it, right? Like, Tatis has every like. He's not healthy. He wasn't right. healthy, and now he's even more not healthy. And it wasn't even a baseball injury. He was driving his uh, motorbike or something, and he injured himself. It's like, you know, as crazy it is that we didn't find this out from the team. Like, it's not like a team-related thing. Like, he had, like, a bone spur or something. It's like, we should have known this, too. Well, and when he was asked, didn't he yeah. say which motorcycle accident? Yeah. Like, it wasn't yeah. even which one. one? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. So, uh, and that—that's that, some of the funny things uh, that you find out afterwards there. But yeah, it definitely lowers my uh, confidence level going forward. Uh, Seth, looking at the rest of your roster, your team five: Bichette, Starling, Marte. Uh, you know, a little bit of an oblique issue there. We'll see if that becomes a bigger one. We, you know, how reporting goes on oblique injuries. So, we'll see. Knock on wood on that one. Uh, Urias, Lynn. Your first closer is Corey Knable, and then you took Mark Melanson as well. Were you planning on waiting till that second or third tier of closers? I was, yeah. In a league like this where you can uh, make waiver claims and drops, um, I I prioritize closer less because, as we know, throughout the season, guys pop up out of nowhere. You can stream some saves. They're, they're not going to be – you're not going to probably come in first in the league in saves if you don't have – an Iglesias or a Diaz or Hayter, one of these guys, but you know, I could be middle pack top five if I can piece together some saves and Corey, Corey Knable, if he, uh, you know, if he really is the closer and even if he gets a few months of closing can get 15, 20 saves, Melanson don't really think he has any competition at the moment. You know, the, the D backs are bad, but he can rack up another 15, 20 saves. And I, you know, pick up a few guys here and there. I think I could piece together a middle of the road saves team. So I'm okay with that boosting my starting pitching early on my hitting early on and letting someone else take closer. Later in the draft, you uh, roll the dice on a couple of players, Trevor Bauer, Steven Strasburg, uh, to a lesser extent, uh, this isn't really a dice roll. This is more of an upside play, but Christian Javier, uh, especially the news on Lance McCullers seemingly getting worse. Uh, it, you know, talk to me about uh, the Bauer Strasburg combo there. Uh, Bauer was just one of those picks I didn't want to make, but I was looking at the options that were left. Uh, you know, Mike Clevenger go, it was the next pitcher taken. He's coming off a, uh, TJ. Then it was, uh, uh, Arkady, uh, mm-hmm. who's like not a big strikeout picture. Ryu was bad last year. And then Cindergaard comes after that. Like, Another iffy pick, Whitlock, is he going to be a start? It's getting to the point where the pitcher's like, 
Are they going to be in the rotation? Are they going to be closers? Are they healthy? So I felt like as much as I, I really don't like Trevor Bauer, um, I felt just fantasy wise at that point, um, if he does play, he's a top, he could be a top 10 guy. Um, even if he gets suspended for half the season, the other half, he could be a top 10 guy. Obviously that's tougher in these kind of leagues, but it was worth it for me there to see what happens. If he gets suspended for the whole season, I drop him, you know, with Strasburg, same kind of deal. The history says he's a very good pitcher injury wise. That's been very uh, problematic for him, but um, so far they're saying he's healthy. He's, he's going to probably miss the first three start few starts of the season to get his normal uh, ramping up timeline. However, if he can play the majority of the season or three quarters of the season at what we're used to seeing him do, he's going to be better than uh, Bailey Ober or, you know, somebody <laughs> like that that I was taking in this range. Sorry. Sorry, Jeff. But, I, I see um, you. I see you there. Yeah. <laughs> in my kitchen on that one there. That's I mean, fun. I mean, That's I mean, fun. oh, he's way more safe. He's, he has more of a likelihood of making 30 starts than, than Strasburg does. But I was just having some fun, you know, and I do have Strasburg in like every league because – this is a, uh, a former uh, uh, World Series MVP. The guy was an ace, and he's going the 16th round. So at that point, it's like, hey, so what? And with Javier, like you said, McCullers, more bad news is coming out. Odorizzi is just terrible, in my opinion. Javier's got stuff. He was almost in the rotation last year. Uh, for him, it's like I think I can see a Luis Garcia all over again, like this guy coming out of into the rotation and just being really good. So. I like Javier a lot. Um, yep. I, I think he is just, I worry about his walks a little bit, but I, I think the strikeout upside is worth it, especially for the price that you paid. Uh, overall reflections on the draft. Uh, how did you feel you did? What what struck you uh, as noteworthy from being in this draft? Uh, well, being in the draft in general, I, I found that the competition was just incredible. There was nobody that was getting past anybody such a smart group, such a smart room. Uh, even there was points in the draft where I said, oh, my God, you took that guy. I was going to wait a couple more rounds. Um, as far as my team goes, I, I loved my start. I loved the first, uh, you know, eight to ten rounds. Um, I, I like Reese Hoskins a lot, too, this year. So I like that pick in the tenth. Um, I, I do wish I kind of uh, had a little more um, – a uh, little more uh, – confident pitching because you did mention some of these risks that I took, I could have probably taken one more uh, solid starter earlier on. But other than that, um, I like my team. Uh, there's a few misses already I can see, but I also like the end of my draft. I feel like the last five or six picks uh, were some pretty good value picks for me. Some guys that have a chance to uh, be in the lineups, be in the rotation um, and can really make an impact. And, and I got them for pretty cheap. Good stuff, Seth. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, before we uh, introduce the next member of the league, a quick note. Uh, we have to do this. Take care of a little business from WinBet. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's Fancy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. 
At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Jeff Erickson here with a bunch of the members of the Scarf League. Uh, and joining us now is Ian Swerka. You can follow him on Twitter at Swerka. Did I pronounce that right, Ian? Yeah, you nailed it. Thanks. All right, cool. Um, Ian, I, I don't know where you do your work. Do you, uh, how how hey, did you join what? the league? I don't do work. Okay. I, uh, so I joined the league because I saw the Earth League chatter getting started, and I just sent a tweet saying, hey, is there a Scarf League? Assuming that would be the title of the Southern California League. And the next thing I knew, George was in my DMs asking if I would be interested in joining. <laughs> nice. Way to go, George. Sliding into I, uh, DMs. Beautiful. I gave him an out. I let him know I was just a guy. And uh, and and he said, no, the, the, the more the merrier. And here I am. George Montagna is from uh, NBC Sports Edge, who coordinated this draft. Uh, he's not in it right now. I think he's at Disney today. Uh, so he, he's living a good life right now. We don't want to begrudge him that. Where, tell us more about you. Where are you from? I'm from San Diego. So I'm just down the road from you folks. And uh, I, you know, I, I've been playing fantasy for quite some time, but the last two years, it, re- it really took off. I reactivated an old Twitter account and jumped into fantasy baseball Twitter and and uh, and I even went to FPAS last year. And so I got to meet a lot of folks and start getting involved with things more. Actually, Jeff, one of my favorite things about FPAS was getting to watch you conduct the auction. I wasn't huh. part of the auction, but it was as good of a spectator event as anything that weekend. I really enjoyed that. You're a well, good auctioneer. You. Thank you. I, I enjoy doing that. Um, just being involved in the room, getting to know people. Again, it's just like drafting life, but being an auctioneer, I run a pretty quick auction. Try to get people uh, out of there at a reasonable time. We all had a game to go watch that night. So going once, going twice, sold, you know, sell that bad boy. But uh, yeah, plus we are, we are at first pitch Arizona. You should be knowing what you're doing anyhow. So it's like, you don't have to, you know, who is this guy? You know, none of that. So we're there, we had that going for us here. Uh, you drafted out of the 10 slot. Uh, and uh, that's a tough spot to be in this year. I feel like there's a lot of variability. You ended up with Bryce Harper, number one. Uh, in the first round and Manny Machado in the second. Is that aligned with your plans going along or how, how did you? Less, yeah, I was really pleased um, to get Harper, you know, just from a projection standpoint, I, I think I had him valued a little better than, than where I got him. So I was really pleased to get him. Um, I, I am a big Tucker guy. So having them both available there was a real difficult thing for me. Cause I want, you know, I didn't know if I should go with my heart or, you know, go with, uh, you know, I put some work into it and, 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 you know, I had Harper over him. So I went with Harper and, uh, you know, this, the first time I knew that I was in a tough room was this, that second round pick where I went with Machado because I had Bueller, Woodruff and Scherzer lined up with four picks to go. And I was like, Hey, this is great. I'm in, I'm going to get one of these guys. And then boom, boom, boom. They went all the picks right before me. That's and uh, the I beast. thought Manny Machado was a, a, a good off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so from that point on, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I knew, I knew it was a sharp room and, and, you know, like someone said before me, I, I felt real good, um, you know, through eight or 10 rounds. Um, but I gotta say, you know, with the pandemic and a lot of stuff pushing to online and a lot of slow drafts, I was out of draft shape for this pace. 
And <laughs> I really spit the bit at a certain point and had to kind of collect myself in the middle rounds. I, you know, I've been, I've been on some kind of slow draft for 12 out of the last 24 months, but really not many live at this pace. And it was like a muscle that I hadn't flexed for a while. And, you know, it took some getting used to. Did anybody else have that issue? Yeah. I, we had half an hour per pick. So I was just like, <laughs> well, and some of these guys, I, I forgot who it was, was taking like 13 minutes at the turn. And I was just like, well, okay, I'll, I guess we'll chill out. Yeah. Um, I, I think I made like, I was averaging less than 30 seconds a pick. So I was trying to, I was, that was a point of pride for me. I don't know. I do so many, uh, so many drafts that I figured let's keep it going along. Plus I had to do a podcast that night. So uh, I was, I was interested in keeping the trains moving, running along on time. I was, that was a concern, but uh, uh, Kev, you're drafting from the turn. Uh, you, you at the 15th spot, start off Robert and Otani. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of power and speed combo at the start. Plus Tyler O'Neill in the third kind of waited to take your first starting pitcher until uh, Pablo Lopez all the way down in the 10th. Yeah. I mean, looking at pitch starting pitcher, especially in the league with fab, I mean, like not to toot my own horn, but I figure I could piece together a rotation based off of guys that are dropped early on via uh, uh, guys that are going later or undervalued based off of maybe 2020, 20, uh, the 2021 season where COVID and everything was affected. Cause there's a lot of good skills pitchers who've dropped due to various random injuries or whatever. And, you know, Pablo Lopez is at the shoulder, but that's neither here yeah. nor there. My strategy typically is always go hitter early and then figure out my pitching. Um, if valuable pitches are available, I'll take them. But otherwise, you know, you work around it. Class A, now, you know, taking my first closer, that's not something I would typically do. But I've learned my lesson in these uh, NFBC leagues. you got to get those saves. Yeah, you do. You do. Uh, I, I, I've TGFBI, I waited a little late a while, and it's, it's just so uncomfortable. Did anybody here wait on saves? Nope. In, oh, and TGFBI? Yeah. <laughs> TGFBI did, but uh, yeah, I I just I just don't I I've done it before in some leagues, some formats, but man, I gotta say I like getting one of those top eight or nine guys, and then maybe taking chances on the second closer. In yeah, DCs, I, I, I always take a closer early on, draft draft you know best balls and draft champions and stuff like that because because you have to have one of those guys. Yeah, and I thought I was going to be more aggressive with closers, and I didn't end up being so. Yeah, you still got Will Smith, though. Uh, I, I, I did. That Class A pick, though, really threw me off. I was not planning on Xander Bogarts. So. I remember that. That was funny. You you reacted pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty harsh. It was my way of saying I love you, Ken. I I know, that's really enough. where that's at. Kev gets that a lot yeah. on Twitter, especially. Uh, I love Absolutely. you. I think it's, it's like the most common thing he gets in his direction there. So we got that going for us. I mean... I got well, I'm going to pick up Jed Lowry right when uh, they're playing oh. the the Guardians. Yes, <laughs> Jed Lowry, the Class A killer, as everybody knows him. Yes, uh, so that was pretty funny there. Um, yeah, it it was. Uh, you know, I I, I like that. Uh, I love that's one of the things I like about the uh, the the live draft though is the reaction when you get sniped. Seth got me a couple times though. I didn't like that as much. That wasn't so fun. Uh, got me with Giancarlo Stanton. Got me later on uh, with Christian Javier. Actually, was, those are two guys that I was kind of targeting. As like oh, he did it to me again. I think you uh, said two with Melanson as well. Um, or maybe he was just like you wanted a closer because I think you're like ah, oh, that was my next pick. 
Yeah, uh, maybe so. Maybe so. I'm, as it turns out, with Ian Kennedy signing with them like nanoseconds later uh, with the, the Diamondbacks, not that I think the world of Ian Kennedy, but it's just it's not no longer a sure thing. And Melanson's the only guy that they have. Yeah, right. Uh, so I didn't. Yeah, that signing was definitely like Melanson's the guy now, but instead of a random nobody, they have someone with closing experience uh, that can replace him if he struggles. It's got to, it, this week has been so wild, and we had some news before our draft. We had that big trade. I got screwed on that. Uh, the the twins trade that Josh Donaldson for Gary Sanchez, basically. Although I don't know how much I got screwed. It's the second catcher round twenty. I took Ryan Jeffers, and then like literally seven seconds later, the uh, the Sanchez trade was announced. I think Sanchez is going to DH a lot anyhow, so I'm not yep. really that concerned. Uh, but it's a bummer. I thought I was getting a bargain and then I was just getting a garden variety backup catcher instead. So, uh, yeah. I mean, times. if you look at the spring training lineup today, uh, Jeffers San- was catching Sanchez was DHing. So I yep. mean, I was just going to say the same thing too. Yeah. So yeah. Good start if for Jeffers, uh, owners, <laughs> it's so hard to keep a track of everything right now, besides just, you know, spring training games starting and players still signing at the same time the tournament uh, you know there's all sorts of stuff they can draw your attention away right now how do you stay on top of it all i mean uh you could follow rotowire you could follow rotoballer you got like everything on twitter shooting yeah. out news on the daily so yep. the more falls you got the more notifications you got on maybe i mean otherwise i i was even lost like i was like brad hand signed a couple days ago i was like <laughs> what the heck did he sign that's just Dave Dombrowski doing his thing and building a bad bullpen. That's what he does. I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I have a lot of Brad Hand this year, so like, let's not uh, let's not downplay the uh, the possible 15 saves he can get. Don't diminish the work your Brad Hand uh, pick is doing there. Okay. I just I'll... yeah, I just took him yesterday in a draft too, and why not? I mean, yeah. it's him or Nebel. Like Brad Hand has a, a ton of saves. Over. I mean, he's been a yeah. legitimate closer for the last half decade, so. I don't think it's impossible for him to have like a three eight ERA with maybe twenty saves ish if Nebel does struggle. Yeah, yeah. I, I they said the way they said it is like Knebel's the closer for now. I was like, oh, okay, right. thanks, thanks for that dramatic pause there. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see about that. But I think you know the way Hand finished last year, maybe I'm just that's in my mind, stuck in my mind that that that's the version that is still remaining. So sometimes to get that yeah. closing season close of the season bias that goes against me there. Uh, we'll stay, start taking a look at Sam's uh, roster here in a second. But first, a quick note from Thrive. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com thrive. Two, Deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And three, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Very easy. All right. Sam, we're with Sam Worshing. Where, uh, you can catch his work at Dynasty Guru. Uh, Sam, let's talk about you drafting from the 13 slot. Started off with Ozzy Albies, Raphael Devers, two good hitters. You got some speed with the first one. And a non-zero in stolen bases and endeavors, you know, hooked you like four or five probably. Yeah. Uh, the interesting pick to me was your third round pick, Robbie Ray at three three thirteen. It's a little low for where he goes, but at the same time, it's like you know, it's scary to think Robbie Ray's a it was a twenty plus round pick last year. Now we're taking him in the third round. Was that 
were you fist pumping after that pick or are we like, uh, I guess I'll have to take him. No, I was excited to take Robbie Ray. Uh, I think he goes to a better division. He plays in a better park for pitchers. Uh, I buy into the change. It was pretty much all last season. The tight pants must be doing something for him. And it was a homer pick. Uh, you know, I'm real excited to see what he can do uh, for the Mariners this year. And I wanted a reason to really get behind this team. Uh, both of my first two picks, I really don't care that whole a whole lot about as a fan. So I was real excited to pick up Robbie Ray. I think he's going to perform really well this year. Guys, what do we think about the Ray, Robbie Ray pick? I too rich for my blood, honestly. Like I, I love Robbie Ray, the concept of Robbie Ray, but I'm not into paying up for a guy who consistently, I mean, he's had great years and he's had bad years. He has had more bad years than great years. And so, yep. I mean, I get it. The skills are always there but the walks are always an issue. Home runs can pop up. I, I, I personally cannot buy into Robbie Ray. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in the same boat. Um, he's, I don't think I have him on any teams yet this year. I, I would have been happy with him around, around a half later, but uh, the spot he's at, I, I feel more comfortable something, someone a little less, less up and down career-wise. Yeah. Um, no, oh, your fun. token, token timed out. Yeah. Hate it when that happens. There we go. Um, don't let your tokens time out, people. Very bad. Um, let's, uh, you know, one of the, you know the thing about Robbie Ray too is now that the Mariners are definitely throwing in for this year, stealing uh, Jesse Winker from my Reds. Just don't let him play defense, um, and, and getting an A winning as far as to get you some power, and don't let him play defense either. Um, should be fine. But uh, <laughs> look at the looking at the rest here. Uh, I, I like Joe Musgrove a lot. Uh, target of yours in the fifth round. Uh, yeah, I needed another starter, and uh, I, I like him better than I like Freed or Flaherty or Berrios. So, I think I it's a close it, call between Musgrove and Freed. I think I made that same choice in TGFBI and went Musgrove over Freed. Yeah, I was going to say, I also really like uh, Dylan Cease. He was somebody that I considered there as well, but uh, I wanted to go with the team that uh, was filled with players that I also don't uh, roster a lot or play a lot with. And so uh, this is my only share of Joe Musgrove out there. So very good. Very good. Uh, you got, you mentioned that you got sniped a little bit on class A. Was there anybody, any other points in the draft where you felt you got stymied uh, pick got taken right before you? Uh, there were a couple near the end that I, I was a little bummed about. Uh, I really wanted uh, Doval in the 12th, um, but overall, I was pretty happy with who I took. Uh, John Means also. Uh, I missed uh, him I like somehow. Yeah. So I don't think that the sticky stuff is really that big of a concern for him this year. And with them moving back the fences, uh, I'm real excited to see him take a little step forward this year. So. Yeah, I even told Michael I liked that pick when he took it. So uh, yeah, that was that, that that was yeah to get sniped there. So you you're one of three Seattle fans, if I recall correctly, that are in the draft. Three three people wearing Mariners hats. So I have to assume that you're all Mariners fans. And you you loaded up on your Mariners. I think you have like seven or eight guys from your team. But is that because you feel like you know them better, or is it just uh, is that like how, do you, do you kind of go that way often? Uh, I don't, uh, I don't go that way often, but I feel like uh, there's a few Mariners that are going to do better than what they're projected to do. So uh, maybe it's a Homer bias. Maybe okay. it's a, 
uh, a little bit of that, but I really, I feel good about the Mariners that I drafted and I took, I'm, I really feel strongly about Ty France and Abraham Toro. I think they're both going to do really well this year. And uh, so I'm just excited to see what they can do. Yeah. So I like those Mariners a lot more now with uh, the Winker trade. I yeah. still don't like Winker, but I like the other Mariners because I think they were. <laughs> really well, this hurts Winker without a doubt. I like Winker as a hitter. I don't like him as a defendant, defensive player, but, uh, you know, I it definitely hurts him. The ballpark just crushes the uh, batting average for him a little bit. And, you know, you, you, he's not going to run a whole lot. So that's always often a concern, too. Uh, you know, this is one of the tricky things, guys. So many things of our player values have changed in four days. Uh, it makes it, does it make you want to wait for your last drafts to like, let this whole cycle settle a little bit more? What are you doing? When's your next draft? Ian, when's yours, for instance? I don't have anything planned, but I honestly don't think I'd, I'd want to wait because I I don't know. I feel like it's about 50, 50, right? In some situations, you're going to wind up with a little bit of a boon on your hands. Like, Hey, I think I like Max Muncy a little more today than I did two weeks ago. Right. And then there's yeah. other guys that are the opposite. I got Tyler Stevenson on this team and look who's around him now. Yeah. Now, granted, he might, he might also fall into some more that, that DH position is not going to be as crowded. So maybe on non catching days, we might see a little more of them than we would have, but I'd still rather have a half decent lineup around him. So just in those couple guys right there, it's, you know, a little from column a, a little from column B. I think you can wait as long as you want, but things are always going to be changing. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Don't get in a slow draft now. Just <laughs> everyone will be milking that clock. Uh, I, you know, I, especially if you're impatient to begin with, you know, it just, it's just, it's going to drive you nuts. People are going to try That's to a leverage good point. that. Yeah. I'm finishing up one right now. We're in uh, the forties and uh, someone's in Hawaii. So we have Hawaii time. We have Pacific time. We have Eastern and everything in between. <sighs> it's brutal it's so i mean nothing against the hawaii time guy it's like you know he lives where he lives but oh my god people are milking that extra that extra time that they're getting oh for sure i mean let's look i mean there's still a lot of big free free agents out there still too only you know more on the hitting side than the pitching side but kenley's still out there and that's a big linchpin if he goes back to the dodgers that crushes trinan if he goes to the toronto it crushes romano which is means me uh squad i don't think he goes to toronto though i I just have a pretty good feeling about that, but wherever he goes, it's going to, it's a daisy chain, you know, it's going to set off some effects. And then you look at Trevor story and Carlos Correa, Castellanos, you know, Seth, you've got Castellanos. Uh, at one point it looked like he was going to go to Miami. Then Jeter steps down and it's not so much anymore. Where do you think he lands? Um, whew. I haven't really even thought about it. I think he's, I don't, I think he's a good hitter no matter where he goes. And, you know, he, he was a good hitter in Detroit. And so uh, obviously the stats got boosted a little in, in Cincinnati, but that goes with the lineup around him too. But um, uh, I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> I, I, I haven't speculated on him yet. I, for some reason in my head, I'm thinking more of the, the couple shortstops you mentioned, but um, I think he's fine wherever he goes. Um, I like the slow drafts though. Um, it keeps me, it keeps my brain sharp. It allows me to see where other people are taking guys. And I don't, play them for a lot of, a lot of money. So um, sure. I'm okay putting, you know, 25, 50 bucks down on a, on a, on a slow draft. And um, I did yesterday, I, I, did, I was uh, next up to pick when Jock Peterson signed. So I just took Jock Peterson, but so, it, you know, it works out both ways, but, um, 
but yeah, the the serious drafts I like to sit down and 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 everyone be at the same mercy to the clock and uh, the news and and all that. Yeah, I mean, how you are you guys? Hand- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you in. mentioned Castellanos, like in Detroit, he wasn't that good of a fantasy hitter. He was a great hitter, but fantasy wise, I mean, playing in Great American, I mean, Jeff would Jeff can attest to this. That really helped them out, even with the Cubs yeah. ch- even changing to Wrigley. Wrigley's very uh, righty favorable, but yeah. I think landing spot matters a lot for Castellanos from him being a good hitter to like a great fantasy hitter, which justifies that like fifth round ADP. Yeah, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, he's going to I Colorado. Guess, <laughs> I guess. I guess what I meant was is that I don't. Yes, I agree that a bad landing spot could drop him around, but even in uh, without looking at his stats uh, in. In, uh, in Detroit, he still hit for average. Um, he still got the RBIs. Um, so I'm not worried about him just like going somewhere and all of a sudden being a 250 hitter with 20 home runs. So I, I think he's still got a very high floor in, in terms of that. So um, and, and, and these days, most, you know, there's a lot of parks that are beneficial to hitters and, and probably fewer that, that aren't. So fingers crossed that he, you know, doesn't go to, uh, you know, like a progressive field or something like that. You know, when we, when we were in, like, during the lockout and in the first days ensuing, and even, like, Sunday, there were still a ton of unsigned players. We've, we've seen a lot more movement since then. But generally speaking, how were you handling the guys that were unsigned? Uh, were you uh, were you knocking them down a little bit at all? Or, or does it depend on the player, I guess? How were you handling those guys as a class? I think it depends on the player because story is somebody that I would have drafted, but we get into some of these closers or even Castellanos that uh, it would make me a little bit more hesitant uh, to want to invest in a, those players. I want to have a defined role when I'm, when I'm drafting somebody for the most part. So that's where yeah. I was at. I mean, landing spot matters uh, for those guys who like Castellanos who don't provide the extra category like steals Let's say so if like you're missing one, those landing spots matter much more because it compounds uh, those minimal things you have. So like story, I mean, I guess like a Correa, it would really matter for since he's not stealing anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Con- Conforto kind of fell in that that range for me, too, because um, there was a couple of times where I was eyeballing him and, OK, does they mention Colorado? Maybe that'd be great Colorado. But then maybe he goes somewhere else that they do not a full platoon, but maybe they they have a a busy team, a a more well-rounded team. And maybe he does sit one or two times a week. So that was kind of scaring me. And then the closers, the unsigned closers, the situations that that's one that I, I always avoid because we've seen so many times, Oh yeah, this guy is, um, uh, you know, closer for many years. We think he's a close. And then, you know, like a Kimbrel type situation is going to get 30 saves. And then he goes to a team where he's, ends up being the setup man. So I don't like really taking risks on those types of guys. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Closer, a very specific category, you know, one category, not one category, but guy, but the only guy that can get that category, it matters a ton. I know uh, I did a uh, online championship on Thursday that right after the lockout ended um, and Nelson Cruz is still unsigned. He dropped to like pick 250 or something like that. Um, So it can be a buying opportunity at times too. Yeah. I mean, Cruz could hit anywhere. That's kind of the thing with him. He even yeah. hit, he hit with the Rays. If you can hit with the Rays, you can hit anywhere. Right. Sure. And I think some of the talk was, that, oh, well, he slowed down with the Rays. Maybe he's he's finally slowing down. Well, maybe. 
but I, I like where he landed. I mean, it's not the greatest lineup, but it's definitely a situation there where he's going to, uh, it's a good ballpark and he gets a hit behind Soto. So it <laughs> could be w- way worse. That's for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how many teams are left that like w- really need like those big signings, like the Cardinals Rays have one spot open maybe. And then the Mets are still looking for a guy. Yeah. They're, they're going to pay the Cohen tax anyhow, I guess. Right. Um, and somewhat this whole lockout is about the, the, the small payroll owners versus Steve Cohen. Uh, you know, the same guys that voted against him becoming an owner in the first place were one of the ones that are driving this, uh, driving a hard bargain and anyhow, and during the lockout. So I don't know, it could be uh, interesting to see, uh, how, how Cohen reacts to that and how they react to him. Uh, well, we got a few more questions I want to talk about before we do that though. Quick note from uh, our friends at better edge. Do you think your betting skills are good enough to win you tickets to the final four? It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Better Edge is giving away a trip for two to the final four in New Orleans. All you have to do is join their contest at betteredge.com slash final four. Better Edge believes sports betting with no fees should be the norm. And odds are it's legal in your state. Check it out and enter their March Madness contest for a chance to win a trip to the final four. Head on over to betteredge.com slash final four. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash final four terms and conditions apply. Now quickly, a quick note from our uh, sponsors on the blue wire network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. 
It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. That was a quick note. All right. Thanks to them for uh, hosting our podcast on the Blue Wire Network. Uh, got a lot of fun friends here uh, for Scarfcast here. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Seth Klein, Sam Worshing, uh, Kev, Kev Mazarajan, and Ian Swerka. A uh, couple other things uh, to deal with. I want to get your reaction on maybe some of the uh, other final moves. Let, the trades. Uh, let, let, let's get you, you know, I, I, there's been a couple of baseball trades, but for the most part, they've been salary dumps. Obviously, Matt Olson, if we're drafting again today, how much higher does he go? Matt Olson finished where in this draft? Matt Olson went at 414 to team two, Adam Sloat. So that would be pick 59. He's going to definitely go way higher than that now, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Olsen, you look at his skills. That's like late third-ish range. Like, I take him over Alonzo now that he's in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, I love Atlanta's landing spot for him. And we know he's going to be there forever. He and he, He's kind of from there, too. So, uh, from that standpoint, you know, it, he was happy to sign that, that the long-term deal to be there. They're not going to move him anytime soon. And that's a great part for left-handed power. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going on the draft board, I would. Yeah, I mean, I'd definitely take him over O'Neill, Lindor, and I mean, two catcher aside, I I never take Real Muto in that spot. Um, so I yeah, maybe even T. Oscar. All of us, you know, oh, get bite your tongue. Don't even. If, talk well, <laughs> I like T. I love T. Oscar. I mean, again, if if he can get in that twelve steal range again, I solid on that on that spot but i'm a known um, teoscar aficionado though so just just for the record but uh, that's all i don't care i don't care I, it's necessarily my draft yeah. it's just i love teoscar that's all there's no reason <laughs> but, there's no reason to take aaron judge over over matt olson in my opinion yeah. either that's what i'm thinking yep are you guys worried about the new york thing at all or is that think that's gonna be something that passes no I they already think- said it, it it won't it, it's not happening okay yeah. They said because there's, there's no doors or whatever that they uh, it's not conflicting with the Kyrie Irving situation. I mean, which it, is it's, weird. It's just common right. sense, right? It's outdoors. Yeah. You know, baseball is yeah. a, a spread game. It's not like they're guarding each other, right? You know, it's not yeah. not running up and down the court playing. You know, guarding you know, tight there. So yeah, sure. makes sense. Um, they literally have gloves on, like yeah. There's some butt slaps at first base or whatever, but. <laughs> But yeah, other than that, I mean, it's your own teammates that you're around for the most part. So, no right. sun, no no chewing sun seeds or, or anything else in the dugout will be fine. Uh, there, yeah. but don't uh, share bubble gum with your teammates. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jack Flirty, uh, we saw the news on him. Not great with that shoulder. I wonder what the if the Cardinals are gonna go out and get another starter because I gotta say when you when you see your, your pitcher getting a second opinion from uh, on on a shoulder MRI, not great. Same team, team two. He's had some good, some bad. You got the Matt Olson, but he also had Tatis and Flaherty. So uh, Adam's going to be uh, in a dicey spot here, it looks like. Yeah, I like Trevor Rogers and uh, Rodriguez in Detroit this year, but I, I don't know what to expect from Shane Bieber either. Do you guys think he's all the way back? Do you trust him? I think he no. returned healthy at the end of the year, and he didn't have a strain. He had like a... a great a scalp i forgot what it was called but his injury was weird it wasn't something normal 
So you're fine with him? If he drops, like, a round. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Boy, this is all team variance here. He's either going to kill us or he's going to be in, like, 14th, I think. But uh, Giovanni Gallegos is on this team, too, and the Cardinals said they might not have a designated closer. At least they're not designating one yet. But I don't see anybody else in that bullpen that really clo- has closer-worthy skills. So I, I'm still not that worried. Yeah. No, I, mean, I wonder if they're going to put Alex Reyes there because they never seem to define what he's going to do. But I agree yeah. with you. He's hurt now, too. Yep. He just had an <laughs> injection for his shoulder. So, yeah, yeah that's not great. Uh, uh, I think a lot of the the talk when the – so we saw the last couple of years, um, you know, these pitchers get these undefined roles as the season goes on. And I think as a rookie manager, uh, he is – I think he's just setting the stage saying, okay, if Gallegos happens to come in in the seventh, you know, facing the Brewers, heart of the order, he doesn't want all the fans to say, well, he's our closer. We could say, hey, in March, I said that it would be, you know, so it's, I think he's just covering his, his butt, to be honest. Uh, that way people don't say, get get up in arms if, if they do use him there. But I, I can't see anyone sure. else you know, taking that rollover unless he really, really falters because he's for sure the guy, the best guy there. Yeah. I mean, looking at the Cardinals, sorry to go back to the Flaherty thing you guys mentioned, but Sean Manaya has been mentioned as a big time target. And that's, I'd love that landing spot because the yeah. Bush stadium too, I believe it was what it's called. Fantastic for pitchers. So yeah, good I think call. Manaya there, I mean, he's had some injury issues, but he's a good pitcher. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is, and I, I love that landing spot. You get a little Cardinal Devil magic going for him there. Get to face the NL Central. Look at see also Reds tanking. Cubs have tons of strikeout hitters. The Pirates have a weak lineup. Yeah, that'd be a great spot. Go get your Brewers and Cardinals pitchers right now. Yep. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I tweeted the other day uh, the Brewers and and probably the Cardinals too. They faced the the Pirates, Cubs, and uh, Reds fifty eight times this year it's like it's gonna be just those it's crazy i mean it's like those these pitchers are just gonna have such great numbers it's gonna yep. be like 2020 where they had 60 games against central yeah. opponents oh <laughs> you know it's, yeah. it's crazy yeah um that was yeah. you had some massive crazy numbers yeah. ian uh key to your team who's who's the guy you're sweating the most and it would be like huge if he, he comes through but a huge disappointment if he doesn't i, I know i have my answer real- but i want to hear it from you I think for me, it's got to be Rodone. And going back to what you were saying about being important where guys land, I'm not sure I'm taking him if he's on any of the other 29 teams. There's just something <laughs> I like. Like there's there's a level of confidence I get from the Giants making a commitment like that to him. And I have faith in the people that are doing the thinking over there. And, you know, I got to – I was real down on him when his own the own team that he was on – wasn't going to bring him back, but seeing him go to the giants like that, I said, Hey, let's take a shot. And I'd love to see that pan out from the, from my seven spot there and right next to him cease. I mean, I just had to go after that upside because you know, that could really pop. Who's yours. For well, me? I was going to say Yelich for you, to be honest, but, uh, but I, I get Rodon too. that cease Rodon Yelich Muncie stretch. There's a, a, a wide amount of variance there on what could happen. And that, that next one killed me because I was all over. I thought I was going to get to go Muncie Votto back-to-back, and he went r- r- the pick right before. That was, my, that was my one snipe that I just couldn't let go. Ah, 
hate it when that happens. Kev, how about you? Who's your most critical player? Does not have one or he's muted. I think he muted himself here. There we go. Almost. Any lip readers? Hey. <laughs> there we go. Got him back. Are we working? Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So my most critical player as in to my success. Yes. Okay. Um, well, Mondesi Just, was kind of like a, a weird pick. I didn't like I'm not targeting Mondesi, but if he falls, it's great. But I'd say Cody Bellinger. Mm-hmm. Like if Bellinger hits like legitimate, like at like hits on the field and hits as a pick. I mean, getting a former first, second round pick in the seventh, late seventh, eighth. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're probably right about that. Um, I, in fact, I, I'm right, right there with you. And in fact, I, I have him around pick 100 in a lot of different to- places already so far this year. And it's always belly. It's belly yelly. It's belly and Yellinger. Bellinger and uh, Yellich are <laughs> always going fairly close to each other. Um, and I'm always on the be- team Bellinger on that. No offense, Ian, but um, that, that's just the way I lean on that. I just I worry about Yelich's back too. Uh, but it was Bellinger? I think the playoffs convinced me that he can still turn on a fastball. It's not something that's he's he's not irretrievably broken. I think he can be fixed, and I think he will get fixed this year. Uh, no, I'm all in on them too. I, uh, I I didn't take him because I think I'm already too overexposed. So I'm I'm right there with you. I'm a big Bellinger believer, and especially the way the Dodgers, you know, we're going to see some guys in and out of this lineup sure. catching breathers every once in a while. And if Bellinger can capitalize and move up and maybe stick around closer to the top of that lineup, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Sam, how about you? Who's your Mister Most Critical Player? Uh, I think it's a, a two-parter. I think it's a Seiya Suzuki. Uh, I'm really hopeful that uh, down there he is the hitter that a uh, couple people that I really like uh, say he is. Uh, mm-hmm. And then after that, it's fab because I don't have really any catching or I don't feel good about my saves. So I'm going to have to be really good with, with that player that I pick up in the, the first uh, fab run. The dynasty players always land the guys that are coming over from overseas or the hot prospects. I've noticed uh, Tim McLeod always does that in labor too. So uh, it's, Suzuki's now a Cub. That's a good landing spot. He's gonna better yeah. ballpark than San Diego, at least worse lineup. But uh, you know, still gets he also gets to face Reds and Pirates pitchers too. So he's got absolutely, that absolutely. And I, I think I only took Adley Rutschman as my my prospect that I was picking up, I tried to avoid Torkelson and Julio and some of the other players that I also really like. Yeah. Sounds like the Tigers want Torkelson and green to make the team though. I'm encouraged Uh by that a little bit. Oh, absolutely. How about you, Seth? Who's your most critical guy? Um, I think we're going to go back to what we talked about earlier. It's kind of that it's not one guy. It's a stretch of Suarez, Chapman, Bauer, Bader, Strasburg, I know that's a lot, but I, I mean, the Chapman pick in the, in the 13th is obviously a steal now um, mm-hmm. going to Toronto, Absolutely. but um, you know, Suarez is my, you know, third starting pitcher. I need him to, to produce. He was great when he became a starter last year. And then of course we talked about Bauer and Strasburg, but also Harrison Bader, if he can be a, a 15, 15 guy um, at that, in you know, the 15th round uh, that will really help me out because I really didn't get any steals after my first two picks. So that would, that would boost me a lot. Yeah. You know, for him, it's just been a matter of staying on the field. I think, uh, 
just accumulating the bats. He does strike out a ton, but he he was showing signs last year. Just kept on getting hurt. Uh, so we'll see about that. Guys, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming uh, on doing ScarfCast. Uh, had a fun time, really fun time doing the draft. Yeah, expired token again, our, our best friend. There, NFPC is trying to tell us what we got to be done with this pod. But um, <laughs> good luck to all your teams. And uh, again, it's uh, tell everybody again, we'll go one by one where you can find him. Uh, Seth, I know we can find you on Twitter, if not on, on a website or podcast right now. Uh, yeah, on Twitter at Seth the Sportsman, S E T H D A S P O R at R T S M A N. Um, I'm always on there talking and I'm happy to come on any podcast if anyone has them. I, I love talking baseball. Awesome, Sam. You're a dynasty guru. Where else can they find you? Uh, and I'm starting a podcast in the next week, uh, called Peace Love Baseball. It's at PLB Podcast on Twitter. Uh, and then I also uh, share some of my writing and smart ass remarks at Sam FBB one. Good. Kev, you are a rotoballer Fox at roto surgeon. Am I missing anything? Where else? <laughs> you, you covered all the bases, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, yeah. At roto surgeon and the, the operating room podcast on Apple and Spotify. Yep. And Ian, will follow you on Twitter at Swerka. Sounds great. All right. Someday you'll be working in the business. Maybe who knows? Uh, hey, fingers crossed. Thanks for having me on. It's a real treat. You bet. Guys, thank you so much. Thank everybody for listening. Thanks to WinBet for your sponsorship. Uh, Good luck in your teams this season. We'll be back at you again tomorrow with Clay and Todd. Thanks for listening to RotoWire. Peace and love. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.